Long History The Hunt for the Missing Captain Part 4 Circling the Western Pacific Hello everyone and welcome again to Long History where we take source documents from history and split them up into chunks of about 10 minutes or so and the document we're looking at at the moment is about a voyage from New Spain, today's Mexico, across the Pacific to the Spice Islands in today's Indonesia. The crew of this ship, headed by Saavedra, want to find out what happened to the previous attempt across the Pacific. After Magellan and Loaiza, this is only the third attempt across the Pacific by Europeans. This is the fourth part of a five-part series, so please subscribe to be informed of when the final episode is released. And for any new listeners, all episodes are designed to stand alone. But if you want the full context, episodes 1 to 3 will just be a few taps and clicks away. Here at Long History, we've already covered the previous two voyages across the Pacific. The first one being the most famous, Magellan's voyage around the world. And the second one is less famous, but no less fascinating. And it was a voyage headed by a man called Loaiza. And we called the document After Magellan in our serialization here on Long History. Now we called this document the hunt for the missing captain and in the previous episode they kind of found the missing captain they were looking for however it wasn't the captain they were expecting they were hoping to find loisa who initially headed the expedition but instead they found his replacement hernando de la torre and anyone who's listened to our previous series after magellan will know the fates of both of these captains the remaining crew members have reached the Spice Islands and have found the remains of Loaiza's expedition, but has found that they are embroiled in squabbles with the Portuguese in the area. As the previous episode ended, Saavedra's men were docked on their boat in the place where Hernando de la Torre's men had set up their base on land. De la Torre had just sent a boat to help their compatriots fend off the latest Portuguese attack. In response, the Portuguese finally fled and Saavedra and his crew could finally land on the Spice Islands. So here we go with the hunt for the missing captain, part 4, circling the Western Pacific. There, where we had stopped, was the fortress that contained Commander Loaiza's people. Captain Hernando de la Torre was there, a native of Burgos, and with him were up to 120 men, and two dozen of artillery shot, and that Fuster boat which had come out to our aid. Our captain and all the people of our ship, which would be around 30 men, jumped onto land and we were very well received by the captain and others who were there. From them, we found out that they had been there eight months, that they had arrived with the flagship alone and that the king of Tidore had received them in peace, giving them all the supplies that they needed for their money. This king of Tidore, who is called Rahamir, had received them at that point and had favoured them against the Portuguese, who had made war with him and had behaved badly towards him because he was well with the things of our emperor. Because, many days before, one Captain Espinosa had been there with one of Magellan's ships, and in this way they got to know us and forged a friendship with our Spain. This said Captain, Hernando de la Torre, settled us all in, treating us very well. We spent two months there, repairing our ship and fitting it out with all that was needed. Two days after we anchored there, the Portuguese returned with their Fuster boat and their Battel boat to fire at us, but they caused no damage. Fifteen days later, they returned with their Fuster boat and they came with the intention of firing at our ship, which we had in a dry dock as we repaired her, 
and thinking that the fuster boat of Captain Hernando La Torre was not there, because they had been told this by a spy who they had sent to find out such things, they came alongside the coast hiding to keep themselves safe. But, as they were spotted, the fuster boat was manned, with Juan Fulano de los Rios, a native of Toledo, acting as captain, who had been told not to exchange fire with them, because they often brought a great deal of artillery, but rather to board them. This is what he did, reaching the place where it was possible and boarding the Portuguese fuster boat. Many people were killed with artillery and shotguns, along with the captain of the fuster boat, who was called Hernando Vandal. When the captain died, the others gave in and the fuster boat was brought to our fortress with its people prisoners. We finished fitting out our ship at the end of May 1528. When finished, a Portuguese man came from their fortress with a letter for our captain Alvaro de Saavedra from Gonzalo Gomez de Acevedo, a captain who had recently arrived with 200 men and five ships. The captain, Don Jorge de Menezes, wanted these people to come to us and destroy us as soon as they arrived. Gonzalo Gomez de Acevedo was opposed to this idea, however, telling him that he would take orders from the King of Portugal as he was in his service. Then he would do it. But if that was not the case, he did not choose to do it. In the letter, he wrote to Captain Alvaro de Saavedra, asking him to go in a parole boat and that he would do the same so that they could talk. This did not take place because of the many reasons that Hernando de la Torre gave, which confused the issue. When the captain saw that the ship was ready, he decided to set sail, fitting the ship out with the necessary supplies. Captain Hernando de la Torre supplied around 70 quintals of clothes, what the emperor had given him. As we were ready to set off, one Simon de Brito, a Portuguese man who was with Hernando de la Torre, having come of his own accord, said to our captain that he wanted to come with us, and as our pilot had died, and he said that he was such, and at the request of Hernando de la Torre, the captain agreed to it. And another four Portuguese, the ones who had been taken on the fuster boat, were also brought on board, and their salary was agreed. Up to 30 men therefore embarked, setting sail on the 3rd of June of the said year. We left with a southwesterly and sailed to the east-northeast, continuing for three days. After which, we hit a calm patch which lasted for 25 to 30 days, when a little weather returned, with which we continued some 250 leagues. This led us to an island which is called the Island of Gold. We landed there. This is a large island, populated with many black people with frizzy hair, naked. They have iron arms and swords. These people gave us food for our survival, hens and pigs, rice and beans, and much other food. We stayed there 32 days, because the weather was not suitable for sailing. And as we were about to set sail, this Simon de Brito and the other four Portuguese, as our captain was on land, got into the rowboat, saying that they were heading to the island. But then they crossed the length of the sea, taking the route by which we had come, taking the rowboat with them, without the people on the ship or those on land being able to stop them. Seeing that the rowboat and those men had gone, 
he made a raft and went to the ship with the people who were with him and agreed to set sail. This is what he did. And from there we sailed with a southerly wind, sailing forty leagues to an island, after which we sailed one hundred leagues through islands, of which there were many, reaching a populated island. The natives of that place came out to us in some parole boats, two leagues out into the sea, and shot arrows at us. These people are black, naked and ugly. We were there three days, and we took three Indians, putting them in the ship and setting sail. We sailed around 250 leagues, until we came to some other islands, populated with white people, bearded, who came out to us in their parole boats with their slingshot and stones, making out to fire at us, and then returning to their island. This island is at seven degrees. From there we ran to the north and north-northwest, until we reached 14 degrees. Then, various contrary east-northeasterly winds hit us, so wild and forceful that we had to return to the place where we had set off. And with this weather, we sailed until an island which is 380 leagues from Maluco, which is one of the islands known as the Ladrones. We could not land. We passed the southernmost point of her, sailing to the west until the island of Mindanao. That coast is called Bisaya, the name of the land's natives. From there we went to Saragan, where we had left a Spaniard when we passed through there who was ill. We landed there and spent two days, hoping that the Indians would give us water and inform us about the Spaniard. They came and told us that the king was not there, and that he had taken the Spaniard with him. They lied and had sold the Spaniard, as we found out afterwards in Malaga, from the same Spaniard himself who was there and was called Grijalva. As we had no rowboat and no way to take water on board, and as the Indians did not want to give us any, we continued on our route, until we began to recognise the islands of Los Mejau, which are twenty leagues from the islands of Maluco. From there we went to the island of Tidore, where we had begun our journey. There we found Hernando de la Torre with the people who were with him before, and we landed there. We arrived in the month of October in the year 1528. We beached the ship again to fix her up and to develop our plans, which took us six months. We found Simon de Brito there with one of those who fled with the rowboat, who had said that our ship and all of us had been lost and that he had escaped in the rowboat. The captain, Hernando de la Torre, set proceedings in motion against him and he was sentenced to be quartered and the other to be hanged, which was done. From here, we set sail again on the 8th of May. We left towards the east-northeast and continued on the same route that we had originally chosen, amongst the same islands. We arrived where we had taken the three previously mentioned Indians. Two of them, as we returned, had thrown themselves into the sea, and the other we brought there, leaving him on the same island where we had taken him he having become a Christian and having learned our language. He was let free so he could tell the Indians who we were, asking them to bring some supplies which we would pay for, so that we did not have to set up the rowboat, and because he was brave enough to go swimming, the captain let him swim of his own accord. We saw that the natives of the island killed him in the sea. He was crying out to us, and in the end they killed him. We set sail, setting our route to the east-northeast. 
around 250 leagues, we came across some other small islands. One of them was four leagues in circumference, the other four around one league around, all populated with tanned people, bearded, naked, and with coverings made of palms. Here, four or five Indians came out to us in a parole boat and were happy to be near to us, speaking to us. Using signals, it seemed to us that they were telling us not to be concerned, but one of them threw a very rough stone at us, which hit the side of the ship towards the stern, splitting the board which was hit. The captain ordered a rifle to be loaded and shot at them. They were not hit, but they went to their island, and we continued on our way. This island is at seven degrees, and from where we started, one thousand leagues, and from New Spain, more leagues still. When Saavedra left the Spice Islands, his initial aim was to return to New Spain with the information he had found out about the Loaiza expedition. Saavedra and his men, including those Portuguese men, they passed through places today given the names of New Guinea, the Mariana Islands and the Southern Philippines before going back to the Spice Islands, which today are Indonesia's Maluku Islands. Thanks in part to those Portuguese who stole the boat and went back to the Spice Islands, Saavedra was forced to return to the place of his departure. The Portuguese are punished for their lies, and then once again Saavedra set sail. But there is a general sourness to events, especially by that man who was captured by the Spanish, only to be killed when somehow they let him return to his island. We leave Saavedra's ship sailing the southwestern Pacific, hoping to find a route back to New Spain. There's only one episode left in this journey, however, so make sure to listen to the final episode to find out if Saavedra makes it safely back to New Spain. Thank you everyone for listening. I'm hoping that as you've made it to this point in the episode, it's because you like it, so please do like it if you can. Thank you for listening to Long History Series The Hunt for the Missing Captain, Part 4, Circling the Western Pacific. Goodbye everyone.